0: These are three different businesses. People think of them as different marketing methods like cold calling and texting. I consider them like flipping and wholesaling. Like they are completely different businesses. So I'm more or less trying to create three businesses all at the same time.
1: Hey, thank you for being here. Before we get started in this excellent episode that I want you to to really, really listen to, especially for those of you all that are trying to get started in real estate and you really don't have a lot of money for marketing, This is a, this episode is a great episode for you. So, but before we get started, I just want to reach out to you, tell you, thank you for being loyal listeners. Thank you for being here and thank you for giving me feedback on what we're doing here with the We Love Equity Real Estate Show. For the past couple of weeks, we dropped 106 questions, frequently asked questions that I get from some of the students that I've worked with and talked with. So those episodes are out. And then today we're going to be talking about joint venturing with Jonah Kushner out of Denver, Colorado. He's doing deals in Denver and North Cali and soon to be Southern Cali. So really get in, grab your pencils, papers, take notes because we go over joint venturing and where to find additional wholesalers to joint venture with those wholesalers, how to do agent outreach, right? How to work directly with real estate agents, because real estate agents are not your enemy as a real estate investor and as a wholesaler. And then we talked about your option agreement, how to structure that option agreement so you make sure you get paid. So come on in. Let's jump in to this episode and do me a favor. If you're watching this on YouTube, give us a a like, give us a share, subscribe to the channel. And then also on the podcast, please share with us a review. We love those five-star reviews so we can boost up the rankings and make sure we're providing the content that you need. So, all right, I'll see you on the other side.
2: You're listening to the, we love equity real estate show, a podcast that discusses the intricacies of real estate investing with your host, Marcus E. Maloney. Marcus is a real estate investor best known for being the equity king. He's been awarded that moniker because he and his team find amazing real estate deals he will be talking with investors who have done some transformational things in the real estate industry. They'll discuss their process, their strategies, and how their investments transform their lives and the communities they invest in. We welcome you to the We Love Equity Real Estate Show. The We
1: Love Equity Show is brought to you by Azria. Widely recognized as an outstanding resource for real estate investors with exceptional education, networking, and support, along with profit-enhancing benefits and all aspects of real estate investing. Visit Azria at www.azria.org. That's visit Azria at www.azreia.org Hey, welcome to an episode of the We Love Equity Real Estate Show. I am your host, Marcus Maloney, and I'm excited today because we're going to be talking about some things that you really, really need to focus on, especially, especially those of you who are looking to get started and you don't have money for marketing, you don't have money for uh, down payments, things like that. We want to talk about uh, wholesaling and joint venturing and agent collaboration with Jonah Korchin, who hails from Denver, Colorado, but he's doing deals all across the country and specifically wholesaling in Denver and North Cali. So with that being said, man, Jonah, welcome to the show. How are you?
0: I'm good, man. Thank you so much for having on. When you DM me and was like, hey, you want to come on the podcast? I was instantly excited, excited to be here. Appreciate you so much for having me on. And yeah, I'm excited to talk about agent outreach and all that good stuff.
1: Yeah, not a problem, man. And um, I've been following you on Instagram because I love some of the things that you're doing with acquisitions. And it's it's a it's a little different model than what's mo- what most people tell you is go out, go out and download some leads and start cold calling and everything like that. But you take a completely different approach, and it's actually a easier barrier to entry than most. So. Before we get to that, man, kind of give us your background. Why did you get started in real estate and real estate wholesaling specifically?
0: So i had always had an entrepreneurial vision since I was like, probably like, I, like senior year of college, I had an entrepreneurial vision. Um, I was already set to go into the Peace Corps. So I did that for two years, came back, was a little bit lost. I kept trying different business models in general. Marcus, I don't know, if, do you follow Gary B at all?
1: Yeah. Uh-huh.
0: So did you have you ever seen his like garage flipping series? I have not. I have not. So there's the thing where he does where he just goes to garage sales and flips them on eBay. So I was doing okay. that. for a while. realized that wasn't going to make me rich. I got into stocks for a while, realized you really need a lot of money to get money in stocks. And so well, I just wasn't finding the right one. I'm I'm not insanely creative. I knew I wasn't going to create a product or an iPhone or something. But then I go to I'm living in California at the time. That's where I'm from. And I go to a long distance real estate investing meetup. Like it's all about long distance real estate investing, right? And I go to it because I'm just like, I'd never even thought about real estate as an option. And I go to it and I'm like, okay, this is interesting. Like, but I don't have any money. So I don't even care about long distance real estate investing. What I really Mm -hmm. care about is who the hell do you make money without any money? right? Right. And then they start talking about wholesaling as like a possible option. And I'm immediately enthralled by it. I'm like, this is the perfect business model ever. I don't understand. Like, it's literally, I don't need to come up with a product. It's all based on my ability to relate to other people, which I know is a skill of mine anyways. And also, it's super basic and you barely need any money. And you can make tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars doing right. So I learn about it and immediately start going to YouTube, start doing the whole YouTube university, yada, yada, go really, really, really hard into that. Died to start my business in April of 2020, which if people know, that's exactly when the world shut down at the exact same time, right? Which for me was a blessing in disguise because then I couldn't hang out with any of my degenerate friends who I was hanging out with at the time. So it just made me focus super hard. So... Pandemic was terrible for a lot of people. For me, it was actually exactly what I needed at exactly the right time, I think. And then, yeah, so I actually started doing direct seller or like the classic methods, like cold calling, skip tracing leads, all of that stuff. And then I got, I saw an ad from a from a guy named Jamil Damji, which I don't mm-hmm. know if you know him. He's nope. has uh, his own program called Astro Flipping. Yep, I, they we're, got in a, we're
1: in a... We're in the same market and I've done deals with Jamil.
0: Yep. Absolutely. Oh, love it. Awesome. (laughs) So then, yeah, I mean, he, his pro, his ad caught my attention. It's like, do you want to stop cold calling and do this a better way? I'm like, hell yeah, I do. Cause cold calling kind of sucks. Yep. yep. I think I can do it. And I did it and I got deals from it, but I thought it was just a less superior method. So anyways, joined his program immediately started learning the basics of direct to agent and micro flipping and JV model i really liked it got i was doing direct to seller and micro flipping and direct agent which i got one deal i got my first deal about 4 months in it was about $10,000 that was actually from cold calling that was the regular way okay then it, wait wait uh, before,
1: let's let's not gloss over that let's let's kind of touch on that real quick okay. Jonah. so uh four months in you did youtube university you did the astro fi- flipping program and you mm-hmm. were cold calling right and you got that seller on the phone what was that seller's motivation triggers why did so they this want was, to sell
0: this was really interesting in the sense that it was on a tax lien list but it had nothing to do with the tax lien so okay. her situation was really sad she had like some really serious family problems just like like there, there there, were just a lot of family issues that she needed to go to the East Coast for and she needed money to take care of her granddaughter, like basically okay. immediately or as soon as possible. So it was actually a pretty nice house. It was probably remodeled in like 2005. It wasn't like perfectly remodeled, but it wasn't that bad either. And so we talked it out. It was a- It was, was this a- in rough, your, yeah. Was
1: this in your local market or was this it- This
0: was in, in, yeah, this is in the out. So I'm from San Francisco. It's okay. on the outskirts of San Francisco, so it's like okay. it's a it's called Antioch. People would know it if they're from here, but it's 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 a much cheaper market like it was it was like a thousand square foot one bed one bath condo that okay. sold for like two i think it was i think a r v on it if I'm not mistaken was like three hundred fifty and then I, I'm trying to remember the numbers. It might be hard for me to remember that. Okay, yeah, that's no, that's no problem. But I, what I do remember is the things that I screwed up because I okay. learned from right? So well, okay. we can get into the things that I screwed up and the things that I did well. So, I mean, obviously I did well building rapport with the seller. The seller trusted me a lot. Things I screwed up. Mm-hmm. Didn't know that when you're comping a condo, the condo and townhome, anything with an HOA, really you should be comping it with things that are in the same HOA. So absolutely. this is so this actually breaks the subdivision like you could have two condo apartment complexes with condos in them that are literally next door and they mm-hmm. might sell for totally different prices because of how the HOA is. Nope, nope, absolutely. Right? I had no idea. So I was comping it with ones that were like literally next door cobs. And then I started talking to buyers and my heart sank being like, God damn it. How is it so different <laughs> that they're in yeah. this apartment complex versus the other one, right? Well, what so, were some of those differences
1: that you glossed over and didn't notice?
0: So, I mean, it was mainly, I it, it was the HOA fee was okay. in mind. That was a big one, I think. The other differences were, I think it came with garages. Like, I okay. think they, like, yep. like or yeah, maybe not garages, but like, Carports, parking. Okay. Uh, while mine had like, oh, I'm blanking. What's it called? It's just like a, it's like parking spots, basically. car. Yep. I'm like blanking. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, a I'm, carport? I'm, carport, thank you. Yep. So basically they had just carports. So there's just like little things like that, that I just didn't notice or I didn't really take into mm-hmm. account. So I think I thought ARB was like 350 and ARB was more like three. 10 or 320 or something so I was like oh a decent amount right which was pretty difficult at the beginning so because of this I do like a showing three buyers come one buyer says they take it they back out like and then I waste like three or four days because I don't know that until EMD's in there it's not really a deal right right. like I do but I don't really know um and then so I'm scrambling I eventually have to renegotiate because like it's just not going to work unless it was 10k less. Found a buyer at the very last moment. I think it was like the last day of the inspection period. They put in EMD and luckily this buyer performed. It was really easy for me. They were a really good buyer, but okay, stressful. I had to do like three showings. I had to renegotiate. I was like immediately told that my comps were off at the very beginning. I had had other things under contract before, but this was the closest um, one that I like, this was an emotional one also, right? Cause I was dealing with that seller who was dealing with that really heavy right, issue. Right. The other ones, the other people were motivated, but I don't, I, I didn't just identify as much with the seller or with those sellers as I did with that seller. So worked out in the end though, closed, got $9,900. And yeah, that's the story of my first deal.
1: So there's a few things there, right? You guys listening. So one, y- you built a rapport with the seller. The seller was going through some emotional things. And that's one of the things that's hard, right? When you're wholesaling is you go out, you build a rapport and you make a promise that you're going to buy this property and help them out with this situation. And then you have buyers on the back end that don't perform or you've rang your numbers wrong or something like that. Now they're looking at you as, Hey, you gave me a promise. You gave me a word that you was going to get this done in my situation. Where are we at? What are we doing here? And it, it and it can be emotional at times, even with you as being a wholesaler, especially being an ethical wholesaler, because you're trying to make sure you do everything that you promised that seller you was going to do.
0: 100%. Yeah, exactly. 100%. And it was just, it was just rough. It was hard. Right. And like renegotiating was like a difficult thing too, because I mean, there was nothing wrong with their place, right? So mm-hmm. it was really hard to come up with like a reason as to why I needed to renegotiate. If I remember correctly, what I said something on the line, I think what I said was just like, yeah, like honestly, I think I was just honest, which is always the best policy, which yep. is like, obviously, I made a mistake. I was, we were using the comps from your, the apartment complex next door. Here are the issues that I'm realizing mm-hmm. doing that, right? So my thing always is just be as honest as possible with everyone. I know as a wholesaler, it's really tempting to yep. even use mm-hmm. white lies, right? But I've just learned in my experience, it's always better to just be as fully honest as possible, even if you don't get the deal because you were fully honest, because it's just not worth the headache, yeah, to be honest. Yeah. Just and, a lot,
1: and a lot of times, you know what, Jonah, and what you're talking about right here is what I always tell people is you have to educate your seller. Because the only thing they know is their condo, their place. They're not looking at what's going on in the market. They're not trying to compare their condo to somebody else's condo. And actually, every seller is going to believe that their property is the best in the area. So by you being honest and just saying, hey, look, I made a mistake. I was looking at the condos across the street and they have X, Y, and Z, one, two, and three. Their condo fees are a little bit lower. Yours are higher. You don't have these amenities. That's the reason why the
0: numbers were off.
1: And she accepted that. She probably was a little hesitant about accepting she it. She was but- not happy
0: with me. Right, like I'm not right. She was very unhappy with me, but I made the promise that it would close on time. And luckily it did. Luckily, my buyer did do that. And we gave her, and I was doing things that other buyers wouldn't do for her. So like a lot of buyers, we had to do, what did we do? We let her stay in the property for like okay. two or three weeks after close, right? With a hold back. Yep. Um, I could get into what that is if people want to know, but. Basically, that's much harder to do in places like the Bay Area where tenant laws are really strict because if she had stayed even two or three more weeks, she'd be legally considered a tenant. And that can be really tricky for people. So she wasn't getting any offers where people were willing to do that. But I knew some buyers who had done that before. So okay. it helped out, right? So, so
1: explain explain for those who don't know, Jonah, what a holdback is. Because I mean, I know, but for those who don't know. The audience.
0: Yeah. So a holdback is basically where let's say there's somebody who's going to need, let's say a lot of times this is without early people generally is when I do this, but like, let's say there's somebody who needs, who needs the money in order to move is usually what it is, right? Let's say they're really broke. They need the money in order to move and they're not going to be able to move out by the day of closing because they don't have any money right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Something you can do is if you're purchasing a property, you can hold back. 10, 20, 30, 50K, however much you feel like is necessary for the property in escrow. That could that will stay in escrow for two weeks after close, right? And then the seller gets two weeks and then once they leave, they leave and then they get the rest of their money, the rest of right. that 10, 20, 30, 50K. We put in there too that if they were late. They'd be charged a bit of a per diem. They'd be charged like $200, $300 every day they're late to extra encourage them to get out. And yeah, it's just a way to make it where it's like, hey, I understand you don't have any money to move. We'll give you some time after close to move. And it's just a way to protect both parties where they're they're motivated to get out because they want their money. And also it gives them some of their money right now so they are able to get out
1: right and 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 it and it really comes into play, Jonah, like you said, where when you're dealing with some of these motivated sellers and they're in some of these situations where they absolutely need to move, right? Those are the people that we're trying to target is those people that absolutely need to move, and they're in that situation where they may not have especially in these markets now five ten thousand dollars to go and rent someplace. And it's right. like, hey, I want to sell, but I don't have the money to move elsewhere. What can we do? And that's when you say, hey, look, we can help you out. What's another feather in your cap? We can help you out. We can offer you or we can pay your first month's rent and security deposit, get you into place. Yep. Once you move out, then we can give you all of your money. And it's held in escrow. It's not like we're holding it. It's held in escrow, independent third party. So once you sign off that you're out, all of your money gets funded to you. So Great strategy, great strategy on that.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that's what you got to do with sellers and like just these situations is you have to get creative, right? I mean, the whole point, what do we do? We solve sellers problems, right? That's what I think is the the main value of a wholesaler to the marketplace is we Mm -hmm. solve problems and relate to people better than anybody else. Um, And that's why we deserve 10, 20, 30, 50K checks is because we're good at relating to people and we're good at solving these complicated situations. Absolutely,
1: So, okay. Great. First deal. You went through YouTube university, had a course and you had to figure some things out along the road, right? You had some bumps, you had some mistakes, but you overcame those mistakes and made that first, you know, basically $10,000 check. Once you received that check, or once you got that wire and hit your account, what was your immediate thought once you got that?
0: I, I, drove to I didn't believe it. I drove to the I was like, you're not wiring me shiznaz. I'm going to the office and picking up a check. (laughs) Like I need that money in my bank account now. Right. At this point, what I had been doing was I don't recommend this isn't this isn't the greatest financial advice, but it was what I did because I was hungry and I believed in myself is I put everything on a zero percent interest credit card. Right. I had pretty good credit, which was nice. I just done a good job of keeping my credit up. And then so what I did is I got a 0% interest credit card and I was floating the balance at 0% because I knew I'd be able to do this, right? Okay. Yeah. I mean, I wanted to make sure I was able to pay off this credit card because I only had like 5K to my name in the bank at that time, right? Okay. And so, yeah, I go there, pick up the check and yeah, no, it was very emotional, very spiritual moment for me where I was like, hell yes, I can do this whole entrepreneurship thing. I'm going to be rich. I'm going to be free. Like I'm going to be Mm -hmm. able to do this, right? And I haven't felt that in that way about anything else Mm -hmm. except for getting other people, their first deals, which I don't know if I'll have time to get into, but that's my mission now is to help as many people as possible get their first deals. And about as many, because that's the only time I get is when I see somebody else celebrating that moment at this point. So it was spiritual, man. I was, yeah, I was like, I just couldn't believe it. That was the most money I'd ever made ever in my life, because my story is college, no money. You mm-hmm. score There's no money there. That's just yep. a volunteer program. They give you like a 5K stipend once you leave, like survival mm-hmm. money. That was the most money I'd ever had. So then 10,000, I just doubled. Right, and, it, right. and it was the proof in the pudding that this could be done. So,
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Time. And you know what, guys, once you, once you get that first check and you it really, just like Jonah said, it's that proof of concept. It lets you know that all of the work that you put in, there is a reward at the end of the day and it does work. See, it it took you four months. It took me 10 months plus, Jonah. So it was a lot of sleepless nights. Like, okay, what is everybody else doing that I'm not doing to where they're closing deals right. and I'm not closing deals. You start to second guess yourself. You start to second guess the process. But once you finally get that check, then you're like, okay this does work. All right. So you were doing all of that. So now tell, tell us, because for those people that may not have that 0% interest credit card or the 5,000 to get started, tell them about first, let's introduce them to joint venture. And what is that? Yeah.
0: And why did you go that route? So I'm going to go, I'll quickly say, like, I'm going to tell a little bit of the rest of my story and then I'm going to answer the okay. question. A little bit of my story answers that question. Okay. So cool. if a, more or less, I get that ten thousand dollar check. I'm the I'm a risk taker. So Jamil's best friend is this guy named Pace Morby. You probably mm-hmm. know him too. Creative yeah. financing. I thought that was super cool way of getting deals and owning re- real estate. So. All I did, I immediately took that 10000 okay. and then just bought that course. I bought his. So okay. I was still broke again because I was, sta- I mean, like, whatever. I'm in the basement of my parents' place anyways. It's not like it can get any worse than this for me at the moment. Like, right. this, is the, this is probably my biggest bottom anyways. So, like, might as well stay at the bottom for now. But an issue happens. So what I start doing mm-hmm. is I really start trying to do direct-to-seller, direct-to-agent, and the JV model, like you just said. And okay. this is a problem. These are three different businesses people think of them as different marketing methods like cold calling and texting i consider them like flipping and wholesaling like they are completely different businesses so i'm more or less trying to create three businesses all at the same time and my metaphor for it is like you see three people who've made a wood bridge a stone bridge and a brick bridge to cross a river you're trying to cross the river and your genius idea is to create all three bridges at once right and that's obviously not going to work So then eventually what happens is I run out, I literally run out of money and I'm like, okay, I have like no more money left or very little to, and this 0% interest credit card is running out. Cause it took me another eight months after that four months to get my second deal. And so what I do is I'm like, okay, we're going to go all in on real estate agents and JVing. The JVing was like, I also like, we'll get into it, but like I go all into direct to agent and then I immediately get a 20K check. And then- Mm -hmm that year the second year in business i really hit very well because i started focusing
1: well wait wait Jonah, this is this is one of the things that that i used to hear a lot is agents don't like wholesalers agents don't want to work with wholesalers why would you want to do something with an agent you know agents think that wholesalers are stealing their opportunities their commissions so how was your right. conversation with those agents especially being relatively new to the industry
0: so in the end, a real estate agent, all they really care about is their commission in the end. Yep. Why they don't like wholesalers is because they're so used to dealing with wholesalers who have no idea what they're doing, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a misconception out there because the, the greatest thing about wholesaling is there's no barrier to entry, but also the hard part about it is there's no barrier to entry, right? So anyone can get in. And if anyone can get in, then it's You're dealing with a lot of people who don't know what they're doing. They aren't like professional. They're just putting things under contract without any idea what they're going to do. Just figure it out later, which like, look, I'm not going to lie. I did that sometimes. Like I'm not, I'm guilty of it. Everyone's guilty of it, but it creates a bad taste in a lot of agents' mouths. So really all it is, is calm, like, like basically talking to them like a professional. If you can talk to them like a professional, then you're going to be able to do deals with real estate agents. My recommendation, if you want to go down the real estate agent route, is just network with some flippers and people who, who actually have done a lot of business, right? Because mm-hmm. with real estate agents, you're going to need things like you're going to need a proof of funds, right? I recommend getting a real one, like get a real one from a real lender, and the way best way to do it is just partner, like just make relationship with flippers who actually have these relationships yep. and then money lenders will give them to you. And so you just have to have your ducks in a row more with real estate agents, but it's completely free, which is really mm-hmm. cool, right? And so I'll just give you an example because it's a very common one. It's like an agent might, let's just say an agent's like, oh yeah, so like, are you a wholesaler? Like, is that what you do? Like a lot of times what I would say I do everything. Like I literally now do everything. I've done two flips. I'm not a fan of flipping, but I've done Uh two flips. I own a couple of rentals. So now I can say, hey, I do everything. I might buy and hold this. I might flip this. I might wholesale this. I do whatever makes sense for this deal. Back when I literally only wholesaled, what I would say is me and my partners literally do everything. We buy and hold. We flip. We fix and flip. We wholesale. We do anything that made sense for the deal. So I would just include my partners in there because I would have partners who do all those things. And your buyers are your partners, right? They're your, in my opinion, they're basically JV partners. Mm. And so that's what I would, so like real estate agents, you can get a lot of deals done with real estate agents. My thing is, is just like find a good disposition wholesaler like me in your markets. I'm in all of Colorado and I'm in Northern California, soon to be Southern California too but find someone who just knows what they're doing that actually has HUDs, like does a lot of deals yep. and then partner with them so that they can just give you a number and you don't have to worry about what is this thing gonna sell for. And then you're gonna be just so much better off.
1: And and, and what you speak of right there, Jonah, is, is just building those relationships, right? When you said, hey, get with a fix and flipper in your market that's already doing deals so you can get proof of funds from them, that's building that relationship, getting out there, talking with agents that's building a relationship. And then like you said, other JV partners, other wholesalers that can disposition this deal, those are relationships. And that's what's key in this industry and real estate is just building those relationships. I'm an agent in multiple markets and I'm a wholesaler in multiple markets. And that was one of the ways that I got started as well is I would talk to agents. Hey, you know what? Whenever I would go to a new market, I would look at all of the properties that were recently rehabbed and I will call those agents. So that's one thing you guys that's listening right now, you're looking for agents. You can contact those agents and say, hey, I see you listed this property. It was recently rehab. Hey, I might be able to partner with you or your client because I go out and I find these deals. And then that's building two relationships in one right there. It's building your agent yeah. relationship and your possible fix and flip relationship. And then you can also ask that agent, hey, who is the other Wholesalers in the market that does business ethically and works with realtors, and they'll provide that resource for you. So it's really about getting on the phone and talking to these different agents, wholesalers, fix and flippers. That's a great way to get started. So I'm glad you brought that up, Jonah.
0: Yeah. I mean, relationships are everything in this business, right? Your life is just going to be way easier if you have all the relationships that you need in your markets, buyers, like agents like if you just have the right relationships that's what can create a business and that's what's special about the jv model is, is, which is what we're talking about is that mm-hmm. you don't need to spend money on marketing you can spend nothing like i was basically i had a little bit of money still left so i had text messaging up for that's how mm-hmm. i was getting initially in contact with the real estate agent so i paid for text but if you wanted to i could have just and out them and then literally my entire business would have been 100 percent free fully 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 free no skip tracing agents give out their numbers publicly you can just go on to compass.com and click find an agent or whichever brokerage all the brokerages give out their agents numbers for free because they're businesses and then just have like having the right buyers and having the right disposition wholesaler connections and you're going to be able you're going to be perfectly fine. I'm constantly looking for wholesalers who are in my markets who have never done a deal before and are looking to like work with someone like me. I like we're talking to these people right now like where I used to be is that's who I'm looking for today to help me because oh I like how I do it is I give you whatever I'll give out like you guys will follow me on Instagram you send me a DM like Jonah I'm finding deals in NorCal what do I need to get you in order to for us to do a deal, I'll give you like a list of questions. You just gotta find the answers to them. With agents, it's insanely easy to get the answers. You literally just ask them. And then once yep. you got the answers, I'll be like in five seconds, I'll tell you whether it's something worth pursuing or something not worth pursuing. So there you go. There you yeah. go.
1: And then also another another way with agents, just to put it out there, Jonah, is you know, you can find some of these agents that recently just got their mm-hmm. license. And right now, especially right now, it's tough for them to go out and find deals, go out and find sellers and buyers. So you can have them to scrape the MLS for you and say, Hey, in this market, send me all of the, de- all of the listings that's been on the market for 50 days plus, right? Yeah. And you just start sifting through those and start looking at them. And then you have your other wholesaler on the back end say, Hey, I'm pulling 60 day expires on an MLS. If I come across something, would you run the numbers, run the numbers with me and see if we can secure a deal. And yeah. that's
0: a great way to get started. 100%. No, I hope I totally agree.
1: So tell me about, okay, so we went over how to find the agents. What about finding wholesalers? But before we do that, Jonah, real quick, let's have a brief break here. A word from my sponsors. When we come back, we'll talk about JVing with other wholesalers. Cause this can get a little tricky if you don't have all your ducks in a row. So, Let's have a brief break, hear a word from our sponsors, and we'll be right back with Jonah.
2: PropString is the industry's number one tool for locating distressed properties and connecting with highly motivated sellers. With 100% coverage across the US, PropStream provides a deep dive into any property specific details, making it easy to generate lists of distressed properties and contact to the owners. No other product or service can compare. Gain access to MLS property details, like expired listings. You can pull accurate comps, even sale prices in non-disclosure states. This information is typically reserved for licensed real estate professionals, but it is also available to you in PropStream. Gain access to unlimited nationwide property search, comparable home sales, targeted marketing lists, and owner contact lookup, built-in marketing tools, hundreds of filters to search and sort leads. Start your free seven-day trial now by going to proud.propstreampro.com slash we love it. Are you tired of seeing others becoming successful real estate investors and you just don't know where to start? You see all the Instagram posts of others being successful. You see the Facebook ads guaranteeing instant success. You look at tons of YouTube videos and you even attend seminars just to be tricked into 10, 20, or even $30,000 courses. Well, with the Deal Finders Club, my husband is here to change things for you. Have you said to yourself, I'm deadly afraid to talk to sellers and I have no confidence. I don't know where to find motivated sellers. I don't know where to get a contract from. I don't know how much to offer the seller, let alone where I'm going to get the money from to close the deal. Well, in the Deal Finders Club, Marcus and his partner Mike are gonna show you how to overcome all those challenges and more. Find out how by going to azdfc.com. That's azdfc.com. We'll see you inside.
1: All right, Jonah, we are back. So before we left, we were talking about JVM with other wholesalers. So give me an example or talk to me. Tell me, how do you do this? How do you find these
0: other wholesalers? What do you do in order to start working with them? So the best way to do it, there are several different ways. We'll start with the ways that I started with, which were Facebook groups. I think that's the biggest way to do it. And the mass way is just look up off market San Francisco real estate or wholesale properties, San Francisco, or like just like start like putting in different words, like off market Mm -hmm. fixers, Bay Area, like whatever your area is, you could do it anywhere. Cleveland, Ohio, like Atlanta, Georgia, just like off-market wholesale fixer-uppers and then look up for Facebook groups and join them. And then here's the process. You add, you go into like the members section and you add up to 80 people a day, not more than 80. That's when Facebook starts blocking you. You yep. add 80 people. Some of them are going to respond or some of them are going to accept your friend request. And then out of the people that accept your friend request, Send those people a message, no more than 10 an hour. Don't do more than that. This was several times of me getting blocked and figuring out where the limits are, (laughs) right (laughs) guys? You got to figure out where the limits are. And then you can can add 80 and then you can add another 80. And then you have to get rid of the old friend requests of people who hadn't accepted. And and you keep going down, right? That's how you, that's my favorite way of getting wholesalers if you're like, If you're in a room, it's not my favorite way. It's the most effective way to hit the most amount of people. My favorite way is meetups and communities. So joining different real estate communities, some of them cost money, right? You don't need to join those. You can just go to real estate networking groups. They're all free Mm -hmm. in a lot of different areas, RIAs, whatever it might be. And just meet as many wholesalers as you can and explain what you do. It's like, hey, like, I all I do is focus on buyers all day, right? That's what I do. So I got 400 buyers. I got 500 buyers. I can help you sell your deals whenever you want. Like I won't, you, I, you can just send it to me at your price. I'm just going to add whatever I want on top. I'm just going to help you out, right? My best wholesaling relationships are ones from things like Astro Flipping, Sub2, these communities I've joined. Those cost money. but Also the ones that have, I've met at RIAs and networking are the ones like, those are my strongest relationships because I've seen them in person and, or we have something in common, but the Facebook method is really good too. I've met a lot of good wholesalers that way as
1: well. Okay. So one, you got Facebook groups, two, you got meetups and communities and RIAs. I'll throw another one in there along with similar to the Facebook groups is join other wholesalers buyers lists. So you can start Mm -hmm. seeing deals that they're putting out and it it can solve two things, right? You can see what deals they're putting out. You can see what areas they're finding deals. And then you can re reverse engineer and start working their numbers. So you can really start getting comfortable with the numbers in certain markets. So you got Facebook groups, you got meetups and communities, and then what I said was join other wholesalers buyers list.
0: Yep. Yeah, I know. hundred percent. Yeah. That's a really good way of doing it. You can do that through the Facebook. You can, I used to do Craigslist. I didn't get that many from there. I'd say the main mm-hmm. ones were Facebook and then the others and then meetups and the communities I'm a part of. And now it's starting to be social media, right? When you mm-hmm. get to the whole, when you start doing social media, now it's starting to happen where. I do enough reels, I do enough YouTube content where people just outreach deals to me, which yep. is also a great way to do it, right? Is like build your social media up. Mm-hmm. I If you guys have the bravery for it, I, the earlier you start with social media, the better. That's why I'm on this podcast right now, right? Yep. Your name gets out there. People see you as like a resource and then, yeah, they just naturally want to bring it to you because they've been watching you and your content, right? So... I don't even really do the Facebook even in my community anymore. I think the vast majority of my JB deals are from either communities I'm a part of. Like I'm a part of a ton of them now, guys. I'm part of Brent Daniels TTP. I'm part of the Astro Flipping, like I already said, Mm -hmm. Sub2. There's a couple, there's a 30K mastermind I'm part of called Avengers, which is like another one. And I'm part of all these communities. And then my social media brings in a ton of people sending me deals as well. But yeah, that's how But I find them.
1: All right, so once somebody bring you an opportunity or you see an opportunity, what do you need to do in order to make sure you JV with them and that you get paid? Because we want to make sure that you have everything in line so you can get paid.
0: So I would recommend, and I'll give this out for free, guys. If you guys go into my, into my Instagram and go to the link in my bio, there's a little, it's a link tree. And at the bottom, there's like my 100, my entire 100K business this resource is in there. So if you sign up, there's this resource is in there. But I'll give out like a question. Like the question I was mentioning earlier, I have like a question sheet where I'm like, okay, here's all the things I need in order to be able to disposition this deal. It's a bunch of things like what's the EMD amount, what price, blah, 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 right? Okay. Uh, If you identify it as a deal, one of the main things you have to do to make sure you're legally compliant is you have to sign what I call a non-exclusive option or a non-exclusive JV, right? The reason you're signing this, guys, is because there's something that you need with wholesaling called equitable interest. So the acquisition wholesaler has a purchase contract. What they're selling is they're not selling a house. They're selling a contract, right? For you to be able to sell a contract, you need to be a principal, which means you need to be somebody who's, part of the contract, either the buyer or the seller, in order to sell the contract, right? You have to have some sort of interest, equitable interest in the property. So how you can do this as a disposition wholesaler is just having another contract with whoever has the purchase contract. I use a non-exclusive option. And you have you sign that with the with the wholesaler. So now there's a chain of contracts that allows you to sell the contract because it's illegal for somebody to sell a house or try to sell a house unless you're a real estate agent. Yep. So it's not like you're, I don't think anyone's ever gone to jail over selling a house or trying to sell a house that wasn't theirs. But I know people who've been fined yep. like $1,000 yep. or something like that from the Realtor Association or something, like I've heard of fines and stuff. So you just wanna do, do that for two that reason, the legal reason, and two, you wanna make it abundantly clear to the wholesaler, what your guys' agreement is, which is, hey, I'm going to attempt to sell this deal at 240000 or whatever you guys agree to. I'm going to try to sell it at this price. You're giving me permission to do that. Because if you don't get permission from the wholesaler, that's when it's what I call daisy chaining, yep. right? I think some people consider daisy chaining just when a dispo wholesaler is helping somebody else sell a deal. And then there's just a bunch of wholesalers in there. Really, it becomes an issue when nobody has any permission. That's when it's actually mm-hmm. an issue. Because if you're an acquisition wholesaler, if you're the guy with the contract with the seller, you start it starts creating issues if people are just sending out things willy-nilly. Like people yep. start going around you. You don't know who the hell they are. You'd never even heard of John Smith and you never gave mm-hmm. John Smith permission to market it, right? And so when everything's done with permission, it's fine. As long as the acquisition wholesaler knows, it works out really well for them. It's really beneficial. And so it can work out really well. You just got to make sure you have a contract in place like that. And those resources are in my Instagram profile. Like if you click the link in the bio. So if you guys need those, you guys can go there. And yeah. So yeah. So you guys want to make sure you have that non-exclusive option
1: agreement or option contract with the acquisition uh, wholesaler because this is going to give you legal interest to market that property. And then also you want to make sure that you have clear rules yeah, for the title company also, because this is giving the, the title company instructions on what to do when it comes to this transaction. If you don't have that in there, the title company, they don't have to cut you a check. That wholesaler don't have to say, well, we have an agreement. Here's his 5K, 10K, or 20K on this deal and guess what lastly you want to make sure you get paid so you mm-hmm. want to make sure that that title company cuts a check directly to you not to the other wholesaler and then the other wholesaler cuts a check to you because guess what if wholesaler gets a check for 40k and they only supposed to get 20 and the other 10 is supposed to go to you you don't want to leave that up. You can trust them. You gotta <laughs> yeah. like. You gotta.
0: It's up to their good graces that they actually get you paid. And right,
1: there's dude. a lot
0: of people who like. Damn, dude. Like seeing forty k to them. Like they don't have that abundance mindset. They have the mindset of wealth. Hmm. A bank account. Yep. Hell, that other guy can do so.
1: So true. So you guys got to make sure you have that JV agreement in place. So. Kind of wrapping up here, Jonah, I mean, you gave us quite a bit, man. Give us one horror story that you faced, something that you went through that was terrible, but you kind of overcame it and came out on the other end.
0: I have a horror story where they fucked up the entire deal. I was okay. okay at the end, but the entire the deal definitely died because of this. Do you want to hear that story?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Give it to us.
0: <laughs> okay. So there is one deal. This was so bad. This was during those eight months where I didn't have a deal at all, right? I had a deal from a real estate agent. It was an amazing deal off market. It was in an amazing area, the Bay Area. It's called, called Menlo Park, which is where Facebook's headquarter is and stuff like that. Like this is the richest area of the Bay Area. It's like a $2 million house. I think ARV was like 3.5 on it. I was going to sell it for, I had it for two. I think I was going to sell it for like 2.07 or something like that, which is 70K, okay. right? And everything's going smoothly. The agent loves me. I even tell the agent, hey, I'm probably going to wholesale this one, just to be honest. I just want you to know that. Mm-hmm. And the agent was cool with it. So I, I, He sort of told the seller, I think. But what happened was, is I wasn't 100% confident in my buyers list yet. especially with like that price point point. Mm -hmm. because that's a high price point right even for the bay area that's high Mm -hmm. um in the bay area like a million dollars is average but like two million you're like you're you have like a smaller buyers list so i put the house on craigslist as well right just in case just to get more buyers i got a ton of buyers interested everyone was ready to go We show up at the house, right? I have about like eight buyers. I'm like, oh my God, I think I've got this one sold. I think this is going to be a good deal, right? We show up and immediately, or as soon as we show up and like we're about to be ready to go, immediately the seller just starts cursing everyone out. It's like, there's no deal here today, right? Like whatever, like just starts cursing everyone out. Starts going off about the fact that it was put put on Craigslist Craigslist and like he had his lawyer there and the agent is like, Showing up in a business suit, looking like I, like me and him are both looking like a holes, right? He's pissed off at me. whispering, you're like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, why'd you put on credit? Like, it was just an yeah. absolute, absolute nightmare. I basically just have to tell everyone to go home because we can't figure out the situation. And I was, I didn't understand how contracts worked well yet. I didn't have a lawyer. I had made that ten thousand dollars, but I still had everything on credit card. So. I didn't know that that was actually illegal, kind of what they did, because yeah. we were in our inspection period. You can't block someone from going into the house in the oh. inspection period. But I was just kind of so scared at this point because, like, I was like, oh, I can't afford legal fees and all this stuff <laughs> and yada yada yada. Right? And, like, I'm not going to be able to do this. And I just didn't understand that n- almost no one sues anyone ever. It's very rare because it's so expensive. But I just didn't know this. I didn't understand the legal system. I didn't like. I was just super scared. So then I. I canceled the contract basically. So I was like, I just can't get sued. I just gotta move on to the next one. But that was like a seventy K contract that I basically just from putting on Craigslist fumbled yeah. the back. And yeah. so ever since then I'm like, dude, fuck showings. I'm not doing any showings. Mm-hmm. Everyone I'm gonna I'm gonna use <laughs> I'm gonna use I'm gonna pay someone a hundred bucks to deal with this for yeah, this showing now. But uh, yeah, have, so yeah, it was my hours for me.
1: I have a similar story, but yeah, you have to be you have to be careful when you putting it out there on open platforms like even when Mm -hmm. you're sharing it in your different Facebook groups things like that because someone else can pick that deal up and have good intentions right to share it to their buyers list or something Mm -hmm. like that and it may get back to the original seller and they'll see okay well I'm selling it for two million and this person got it out there for 2.07 they're gonna make 70k on this no I'm not going through with this so You just got to really be careful with that sometime. But in your defense, you definitely could have still held that contract because you had a legally binding agreement and they had to sell it to you. Would that attorney try and make it difficult? You know, yeah. But at the same time, you still could have got that deal done.
0: Yeah, because they can't. It's it's. I put in an assignment clause in there. It didn't mention how I could market it at all. But it's mm-hmm. dubious whether I could have posted that on Craigslist or not. Probably a gray area, but it is not a gray area that I could see the house during my right. inspection. Right, that was not gray at all. That was black and white. So if I if I had a similar situation like that now, I mean, I wouldn't do that anymore. I don't post it on Craigslist anymore. Mm-hmm. But like, if I had agent acting like that, um, I would go off on them. All right, yeah. so I would I would like be like, no, we're not doing this. Like my contract says, I can see this house. This is $70,000. I'm for sure doing this. We're going absolutely. through with it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. So, hey, I got my partners here. This is a $2 million house. I'm not a contractor. We're going to go up in here and see exactly what needs to be done. So I know that I'm not getting myself into a bad deal.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So I would have handled that differently. I would have just been like, if you don't like let us in, then like, yeah, we like you, you're going to end up with a lawsuit because. -hmm. What I did is, you can. I don't know if you can argue is like illegal. I wouldn't consider Mm -hmm. that illegal. But what you're doing is definitely breaking the contract, and you know this, Lloyd. Like you see, you even with this, you can't block me entry. Even you could be mad about me doing that, but you can't block me entry. You know this. You know this from. I would have. If I had been there now, I would have been like arguing to the lawyer, been like, you know, we're in our inspection period. Mm-hmm. What do you think is going to happen when you say you denied my inspection Specs period? Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's wrong. And you can like, and you just blocking it is just ridiculous. And because if we had even gotten them in there, then it would have been just a whole different story. But like nobody, it is very hard to find someone who could do a site unseen offer on a $2 million oh, property. $2 million. That's super
1: yeah. rare. Yeah. That's very, very risky for them on that end. So, well, all right. right? Okay. Yeah. You know what? I always like to give the good and the bad so people will know both perspectives, right? They will know exactly what happens on both sides. So Jonah kind of wrapping up here, man, how can we find you? Where can we go? I know you mentioned Instagram. Give us your IG handle so people can reach out to you.
0: So my IG handle is my name. You guys see it in the bottom of the screen. It's just there's an underscore in between Jonah Corchan. That's, place, place, that's the best place if you want to reach out to me and like talk to me. I respond to my DMs. It's me. I'm constantly responding. That's the best place to send me deals. That's the place place to get in contact with me. If you want some really good education and you guys want to see me on my podcast, Scorch the Fears, that's my YouTube channel, which is also my name. Those are the two best places. I have a TikTok, but you might as well just reach out on Instagram. TikTok is kind of just repost the reels that I already posted on Instagram. So just my name on all platforms, I'd suggest YouTube and Instagram. Those are the two best places to have a conversation with me and get content and all that good stuff.
1: All right, guys. So make sure you go out there, reach out to Jonah, follow him, see exactly what he's doing. If you have any questions, feel free to uh, ask those questions, slide into his DM and he will definitely answer because he answered us on having him on the, on the show today. So you know exactly what to do, right? You got the instructions, you got everything from Jonah. Get out there and take action. Yes, you're going to face some fears. Yes, you're going to have to overcome some fears and some adversity, but success is right around the corner for you if you take the action. So Jonah, thank you so much for being here, guys. And it's another successful episode of the We Love Equity Real Estate Show. Thank you for listening to today's show. I picked up some great actionable items, and I'm sure you did as well. If so, let me know. You can always reach me via social media at facebook.com slash MRCS Maloney, Twitter at MRCS Maloney, and of course, IG at MRCS Maloney. You can also always reach me via email at mmaloney at equityri.com. Make sure you reach out to our guest as well. You can always find their contact information in the show notes below. If you have not subscribed already, what are you waiting for? Join the family. And while you're at it, leave us a five-star review. This is how we tell if we're providing you with what you need for your journey. If there's someone you would like for me to interview, or if there's a subject matter you would like for me to cover, please let me know. Finally, if you're looking for additional information about real estate investing, Go to equityrealestateblog.com. Also, youtube.com slash Marcus Maloney. Until next time, family, always enjoy the journey.